Hey listeners, the Culture Commentary Podcast is intended for mature audiences and may contain language or subject matter that is sensitive to some listeners. Please be advised and thank you for listening. Here we go. Lift every voice and sing Till earth and heaven ring Ring with the harmonies of liberty Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies Let it resound loud as the rolling sea Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is won. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Culture Commentary, yet another episode. I know it's been a couple weeks since the last one was recorded, but as they say, such is life in Life goes on. So um, a lot has happened since I last recorded an episode. I believe the last episode you guys got was the day that Kobe passed away. And it was probably one of the most emotionally raw episodes I've done so far. Um, I don't know if y'all could tell, but I shed tears a couple times while I was recording that. But nonetheless, um, you know, in the time since then, the world has really worked to slowly come to grips with the fact that he is gone. And I've heard that he and his daughter have been laid to rest in a private family ceremony. Um, I'll touch on more of that later, but as always continuing to pray for all of the families and the fans and everyone else that was impacted by that tragedy a couple weeks ago. Um, But anyways, a lot more has happened in the past two weeks that I have thoughts on and we need to talk about and we need to cover. So We'll slide right on into it. First and foremost, the Super Bowl happened. So congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs on their first Super Bowl win in 50 years. And Patrick Mahomes, I hope I said that correctly, for becoming the third black quarterback in NFL history to win the Super Bowl. Now, I watch the Super Bowl normally for the snacks and for the commercials, which is what I did this year, kind of sort of off and on. Um, But what really threw me was that after the Super Bowl was over, y'all's president, and yes, y'all's president, because he ain't my president, he congratulated the winning team by tweeting that they represented the state of Kansas very well. (sighs) Heavy Negro spiritual style. The idiocy. He tried to pull a tweet and delete, of course, but... Good the the good screenshot guild of Twitter was on it, and you know Donald, you got to be quicker than that. Um, all in all, that man is still remains and will continue to be a travesty and a stain upon the fabric of the already very blotted tapestry of American history. Um, but you know it is what it is. Uh, insert my PSA here of register to vote twenty twenty. 
This is a big year. It's always a big year. It should be. But uh, he got to go, y'all. So I don't give a damn who you behind, who you like. Vote him out. That's all I ask. I'm going to do my part. Meet me there at the polls in, in November. All right. Moving on. Um, something else at the Super Bowl this year, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira were the headliners for the halftime show. And, you know, I'll be quite honest with you guys. I was not checking for this year's halftime. I was not pressed about it. I, the day of came and I was asking around who was even headlining, but I was pleasantly surprised by their performance. I think that they slayed. Um, you know, I was glad to see that they made their performance a celebration of their Latinx roots, their communities and their cultures, especially since the Super Bowl this year took place in Miami, which has a very large Latinx population. Um, all in all, they did that. And it was, as usual, you know, people who strive to find something to be mad at were talking about the whole, oh, this is a family show and a family game. You know, they were too sexy and risque. And to that, I say they were not going out of their way to be hypersexual. They were doing the dances that align with their cultural celebrations, their cultural traditions and roots. So if that makes you uncomfortable, then maybe you're just xenophobic or you're not you don't get out much. Perhaps you need to expose yourself to things outside of your norm, because what they did was beautiful. I saw everything from folk dancing to, you know, just the costumes and of course, their music and the, their hits that they performed, they're very heavy, heavily influenced by their backgrounds. And I appreciate that. Love it. So I was here for the representation on stage. And it was also a cute moment between J-Lo and her daughter singing um, and also the underlying message about brown kids in cages behind that, which if y'all are not, you know, in case y'all forgot, that's still going on here in good old America. So, um, yeah, all in all, I really enjoyed their performance. I thought it was great. Um, another thing that's happened in the past two weeks is, so going back to Kobe, um, Vanessa Bryant broke her silence last week on Instagram and she's been posting pretty regularly since then. I know that there have been feelings about her posting. I know when she first, her first post was like, um, a long thing, thanking the fans and people for, you know, their well wishes and, for their condolences and the prayers and everything that she was receiving from around the world, which is great. I know that some people wondered if a PR person had done that for her or not. And, you know, I don't think that's that should be a point of focus for us. I think that we should acknowledge the amount of strength that it must take to lose your spouse and your child and still have have the strength to come out and say, something to other people sharing your grief. You know, they, they, she did not have to do that. Whether her PR person helped her with it or not, she didn't have to break her silence, but she did. And, you know, I've watched her posts over the past couple of weeks. And to me, her ability to share pictures of her loved ones and to talk about them and celebrate them is a huge indication of her strength. She's sharing some of her grief with, you know, Kobe's fans. And, I know that it has to be a, a huge struggle behind closed doors, but to see her trying to be, you know, remembering them and paying homage to them. And even uh, I think today or yesterday, I saw a post where it was a little more emotional and she talked a little more openly about how hard it is um, and that she can't think about trying to accept 
both losses at the same time. Just to think about the tremendous amount of strength she has to have to try to still mother her other three children while still trying to help them process all of this, but also processing it herself. You know, I just, I can't imagine. Um, It has been announced that a public memorial is going to be held to honor Kobe and Gigi on February the 24th. Um, That's going to be at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. Uh, Like I said earlier, a private funeral apparently was already held for the family to say goodbye. And what's wild about that for me is I saw some fans on social media expressing disappointment that the service on the 24th is a memorial, but not a funeral. And to that, I say, this family is entitled to grieve their loved ones privately. We, the public, are entitled to nothing, and they owe us nothing. You know, Vanessa Bryant is doing a lot more than she is required to do as it is communicating with the world so far on this. Um, And y'all are going to, some people have had the audacity to be like, well, I thought the 24th was a funeral, and why couldn't the fans be at the funeral? And blah, blah, blah. First of all, do y'all understand how, how you know, perished human remains work? Because the 24th will mark, if not one month, almost a month, uh, post their passing. So to have rem- to expect remains to be in the building is, is kind of wild anyway. But two, your, your anger and your disappointment is out of place. You know, you're talking about feeling left out. Because it's not an actual funeral. And y'all need a reality check, anyone listening who has felt that way. Because you lost nothing. Yes, it hurts to see someone that you look up to, you know, pass away so suddenly. And in in such, you know, good health and all of that. But seven families lost family members that day. And the seven families will never be the same after that incident. So all of us, we need to chill. Like, I understand looking up to the man and being upset and sad and grief-stricken by by losing him. But at the same time, the public is getting a service, even if it's not what people would have preferred. And I just don't understand the implication that we deserve to have any type of preference on what kind of service is, you know, had for us to participate in. The fact that they're giving ch- fans a chance to mourn and grieve and console each other and celebrate his life period is enough. So people need to chill out on that one. Um, Regardless, continue prayers to all the families involved, like I said earlier. Now, speaking of Kobe, one of the big developments last week into this week has been around an interview that Gail King did with one of Kobe's friends, WNBA star Lisa Leslie. Um, She did an interview with her last week that aired on CBS in the morning. And after the full interview had already aired on TV, CBS, according to Gail, CBS posted a clip uh, detailing one question or one line of questioning that she delivered to Lisa Leslie regarding Kobe's former rape charges. Uh, and his the trial that he went through and those charges that were later dismissed, from what I understand. In the interview, you see Gail talking to Lisa, and she asks her questions about that situation. Lisa seems, you know, a little caught off guard, but I commend her because, 
You can tell she's had some A1 media training in her day. <laughs> and she is an old pro at this. She gave very direct, succinct answers. And at the end, you know, when she felt like the line of questioning had gone on too long, she kept her answers consistent. And then she was just like, I think we need to leave this alone, period. And she called out, you know, media people, including Gail, looking her dead in her eyes, saying, you know, I think, why now? Um, this man has passed away. People are grieving. And I think that people should, the people grieving him should be respected. And this doesn't need to be a topic of conversation. So I've had mixed feelings about it. Um, Gail has received everything from death threats since this interview clip was posted online to threats against her personal safety. She has had to hire security, apparently, to, you know, look out for her and keep her safe because she's become, you know, that fearful. And we even have grown stars, grown ass men that many of us like and look up to in different ways. I'm looking at you, Uncle Snoop. Get on their social media handles to demean, degrade, and verbally just lash out at Gail over what she said. And here's my thing. When I saw the interview, which I can't pull direct quotes from it because I watched it a week ago, to be honest, and I don't have it pulled up while I'm recording, but when I heard the interview, it I thought it was in poor taste. And I want to preface what I'm everything that I'm about to say with my aim is never, and I do mean never, to diminish the trauma or minimize or ignore the trauma of sexual abuse and rape survivors. I stand with y'all more than you even know. That is not a tra- uh, an experience that I have, but I understand the seriousness of those. And I understand how events like that in your life are life-changing and nothing is ever the same after you're sexually violated. It is with all seriousness that I stress, you know, I don't mean to ignore any of that. But in the case of Kobe Bryant, when I started seeing, you know, talk about his sexual assault case back in, I guess, the late 90s, early 2000s, it was early on in his career. When I first started seeing people talk about that, I understand that that's something that he went through. That is, that was a part of his life. But in my opinion, up until now, that didn't follow him as much. Now, whether we thought it should or should not follow him, the fact is that for the most part, it didn't. Now, it has come to my attention because, like I said episodes ago, I'm not a big sports basketball fan. So I wasn't aware until somebody made me aware that Kobe later on addressed that situation and, you know, issued an apology and discussed how he had grown and how he came to realize how things could have been perceived differently on the young ladies end versus his and, you know, the importance of consent, all that stuff. I didn't know that he had made that statement, but regardless, he, he apparently addressed it when he was with us. It didn't follow him and his legacy, whether we thought it should or should not follow him. And I just don't think that it is repro- appropriate or respectful to wait until this person has died and can't defend themselves to start trying to swirl that talk again. 
you know, I don't know what Kobe did or did not do. Like I said, I'm speaking from the point of someone who was minimally impacted by his career. I mean, I can acknowledge great deeds and all of that done by anyone, but I don't have like a super personal connection to Kobe. Um, and I'm not saying any of this to defend or, or con- condemn him, but just in my view, I hadn't heard about his allegations in literal years. And it's left a poor taste in my mouth as someone with a journalistic background to see people like Gail, you know, handling that subject matter the way that she did. And when I say that, it's because, like I said, I studied journalism in school. So I understand that the role of a journalist is supposed to be to inform the public. I I understand the principle of agenda setting, which is telling the public what they should be thinking about, but allowing them to draw their own own conclusions. You shouldn't be telling them what to think, but you should be bringing news to their attention that is worthy of their their thought. And it's something that they need to marinate on and make decisions about. All that makes sense to me. I didn't like how Gail approached it, to be honest. When I watched the interview, I watched her ask Lisa questions about, oh, you guys were friends. You know, you hung out over the years. It's like she got Lisa comfortable talking about their friendship. And then she used that conversation about their friendship to merge over into talking about, so as his friend, how do you feel about X, Y, and Z? And I just didn't think that was cool. Um, I, I Like I said before, I like how Lisa handled it. She answered it very directly and consistently. And then what I didn't like is that, to me, Gail continued to push. She asked the first question. Okay. And I was willing to be forgiving of the first question if she had left it there. But then it's like she kept trying to drag more out of Lisa by asking her two, three, maybe even four follow-up questions, trying to get her to build upon the same thing, which is when Lisa ended up finally saying, you know, I think we need to respect that this man has now gone there, family's grieving, and we need to leave it alone. And I was like, we stand a queen. Amen. Um, Yeah, the whole situation is, it could have been avoided. Uh, I I, I respect that Gail came out and said that CBS basically threw her under the bus because she was not aware that that clip was going to come out. And apparently the interview itself was encompassing of so much more than just that. Um, But of course, without all of that context, what we saw was that one clip and now it has turned her world upside down. So, you know, if that's true, if her network did set her up to fail in that regard, that's a mess on their part and that's not okay either. But I think that as journalists, um, I forgot what her name was. There was another young lady who was on a totally different show, but she was talking about how people, journalism is changing and people need to be more responsible and we need to be more adamant about defining what journalism is, what it's going to be, and what it is not. Um, Because stuff like this is not okay. And as the public, it's easy to get caught up in the mess. It's easy to get caught up in the back and forth of reactions and um, name calling and whatever. But at the end of the day, that's bullying, which still isn't okay. And most importantly, there are families in the middle of this, watching all of this unfold, listening to all of this being said. And I can't imagine as a grieving wife or child of the person um, being mentioned, how that feels. You know, on one hand, there are supporters trying to 
stand in solidarity with us through our grief, but then there are people low-key, you know, mishandling tough discussions about how we should view the person's character. And I'm not even saying that the discussion is invalid. I just, for me, I don't think it's there. I think there is a time and place for everything. And I think that if the the talk about this was hush-hush for the last 17, 18, 20 years, however long it's been, then it should continue to be so after, you know, now. Because this man just suddenly died and he can't defend himself. And now folks want to rip the Band-Aid off and go off. You know, I just, I'm good on that. That's just me. And if anybody's listening to this and disagrees or feels like, you know, I'm misinformed of that opinion, I truly welcome dialogue. You know, write me a comment to tell me what you agree or disagree with. Or, you know, hit me up on Instagram and we can have a discussion about it. But at this present moment, that's how I feel. I just feel like it was in poor taste and I I don't think that Gail handled it correctly. But going back to Snoop Dogg, um, what he specifically did on his social media, calling her all kind of bitches and cussing her out and fuck you and Oprah and all of that, that was unnecessary as well. And I have seriously looked at him sideways for the past week. Um, he just sent out an, a real apology today. What is it? Uh, today is Wednesday, the 12th. He's just now apologizing for his behavior last week. And I uh, recognize that he's supposedly, according to him, realized the error in his ways. And he seemed really apologetic. But at the end of the day, you a grown ass man and that should never have happened. You are a, you are a husband. You are a father, the, a son, too, who was raised and has talked about being raised better than that. So why would you, even in your emotional state, if you don't have the self-awareness and the emotional intelligence to articulate your anger without doing all of that and degrading somebody's character and calling her out of her name and just he did entirely too much it's not okay it's not excusable i'm glad that he apologized but it shouldn't happen so you know there's that i'll let that cook as well um let me see what else happened the past two weeks like i said y'all have spent a lot um, i guess i haven't made an episode since february started but it's black history month y'all we blackity black, 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 y'all. And we black, y'all. Blackity black, y'all ain't black, y'all. Um, y'all already know how I feel about us. I'm proudly, proudly black and blessed every day of the week, month, and the year. But as one wise person on the social internet put it, February just happens to be our anniversary. And this year is a leap year, so we get an extra day. And you best believe I'm going to cut all the way up to celebrate. So... Um, I know that we're about halfway through the month now, but I will say that this is one of my favorite times of year. I love seeing all of the Black History facts posted online. I love hearing the kids come home from school talking about what they're learning about and who they're learning about. Um, as a big sister, I love having opportunities this month to sit with my little brothers and teach them about figures that they probably don't hear about a lot at school. Me and my youngest brother, he's seven. Last weekend, I went over my mom's and he and I watched some of the old Black History Month episodes of The Proud Family. And that was fun because not only do they drop a lot of gems that I'm catching now as an adult that I didn't catch as much then, um, it's really informative for him. And it's a chance for me to open up discussions about why it's important for us to take seriously the privileges that we have today that we as a people have not always had. And I hope that you know, many of my listeners 
if you are parents or fellow siblings, aunties, uncles, friends, you name it. I hope that you guys are also having those conversations with the youth in your life because it's very important, especially as they, as black children grow into black adults. Um, they need that foundation of knowledge to understand that their identity is far wider and far more, it's far beyond just themselves. It's far beyond the proximity of your personal space. Your Our identities and our place in this world, we stand on the shoulders of so many, so many great people. We have so many great things afforded to us because of their work, their inventions, their innovations, their forward thinking, and their strength. And just their audacity to thrive and survive no matter what was thrown at them. We wouldn't be here without that. And that's nothing to take lightly. So happy Black History Month, y'all. I hope that you're enjoying yours because I know I'm enjoying mine um, now that it's getting started. Now, right before Black History Month started, literally the day before, February 1st, I don't know if y'all saw it on the blog or not, but uh, I, I faced some racism one-on-one in the middle of the grocery store with my family and I had to check this white woman who was Billy Badass in my face trying to keep us from going in line when it was our turn, but couldn't even look me in the face while she was doing it. So I had to like professionally gather her in front of her colleagues and her counterparts because, um, you know, you can read about it on the blog at theculturequeen.com. But it was one of those moments in my life where I knew I had a clear choice. You know, here's this person using language and verbal language and body language to show me that they think I'm nothing in comparison to themselves. They think that my time and my presence is far less valuable than theirs. Whatever they have planned for the evening is more important than whatever I have planned. So much so that we can't even do the elementary task of standing in line and taking our turns. And now they're going to put their hands on our belongings and shuffle our stuff around on the belt, mess around and knock their own 36 eggs on the floor, then try to blame that on us. It's just, y'all, the white privilege, the privilege was heavily at play on that evening. Um, And I have moments when I think of, when I've thought about it over the past couple weeks, I'm up and down on it. In the moment, I was very... uh, I was respectful. I was nice, nasty. And my fellow shade masters know what I mean. You know, I let her know that she was out of line, but I didn't really raise my voice. I didn't curse her out the way that she deserved. I didn't um, reciprocate her, her physicality with the belongings and the items on the, on the conveyor belt or her card or, you know, her body. Um, And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that my youngest brother was present. And I'm just always, I take my my role as a big sibling very seriously. I don't take it lightly that I am an example to my three brothers who are 16, 13, and seven years old. I don't take it lightly that they look at me to see what I do and how I do things and how I carry myself and how I approach situations and my response to certain situations, especially tough ones like that. You know, we were in the store that night because little brother wanted a book. And just the weight of the fact that here's a black child, we we sometimes beg and plead our children to read. 
and we have long conversations as Black creatives and thinkers about social media and how it's impacting people's, you know, their drive and their desire to even pick up a book. And here's a child who wanted to go to the store specifically to shop for books. And that's what we did. We got a couple of other items, went to get in line. It was crowded that night because it was right before the Super Bowl weekend. Um, one cashier was opening another lane and told us to come over with the lady in front of us. We're going in order. And here, here comes this idiot from across the store acting a damn fool. Excuse me. And even though I wanted to act out of my character to match her and put her in her place, I knew that he was watching that. And I know that as a future black man in America, it's not the best decision for me to get out of pocket. I need to show him how to navigate things in a constructive way, even when your counterparts acting a fool don't deserve it. Um, and to that lady, I hope that her Super Bowl snacks um, burn to hell and back. I hope that she stubbed her toe on the way to her car. I hope that her receipt flew out of her hand and she got patted down and questioned somewhere. You know, I don't hope, wish anything super bad on her, but I hope that she was inconvenienced for the fact that she was being an asshole for no reason. But that's neither here nor there. Like I said, if y'all want all the details and the full story, go to theculturequeen.com. It's a whole blog post about it, as well as a whole category now of blog posts centered around uh, living while black, because I have had several instances in my good old hometown here of Louisville, Kentucky, in which, you know, people's racism decides to come out every now and then. Oh, and the last thing that I wanted to talk about before signing off tonight is that this weekend is Valentine's Day weekend. So happy V-Day to all the lovers, singles, mothers, brothers, sisters, and friends. I see y'all out there. If you're wondering, this year I plan to take myself to dinner, see a movie with my best friend, hashtag the photograph, support black filmmakers, I'm rooting for everybody black, hashtag Lakeith is bae, and then I'll retire to bed in my feelings with R&B and a bottle of my favorite wine. Shall be a grand time. And for the family members listening, listening, yes, I said wine, your girl's grown. I love y'all for real. Anyways, if you're taken... Get close to the one that you love this weekend and remind them of why life is so much better and so much sweeter when you're together. Remind them of how much they are loved and have an amazing weekend of bliss together. Now, side note, this does not apply to shitty exes, sunken relationships, or unhealthy situationships. So don't be trying to twist my words, sis or brother listening. As though that crazy-ass ex you left behind in 2019 needs to be resurrected in 2020 just because you want some chocolates and some flowers. No, ma'am, no, sir. Leave them alone. Leave them in the past, okay? Flowers and gifts are not worth bringing problematic people back into your life. Hakuna Matata. Leave them where they at and continue to prosper. <laughs> to my fellow singles, I know firsthand and I understand that Valentine's Day can be really emotional for us especially those of us who have huge hearts but don't have a significant other to share that with just yet, it can get tough. I usually go through a full range of emotions throughout Valentine's Day and Valentine's weekend, everything from loneliness to eventual contentment. If you can relate, I encourage you to feel every one of your feelings, but don't allow yourself to be consumed by them. 
See, I think it's easy to get caught up in feeling like we're missing out on something when we see the couples on social media and in public with their PDA, dinners, trips, engagements, flower petals on the floor in the bed and stuff and all that jazz, etc. <laughs> it's easy to get caught up in watching all that. But honestly, we probably only pay so much attention to it and think about it because it's dead in our face for that 24 to 48 hours. But it's important to remember that all things that are meant to be had will come to you in due time. Our time is coming, fellow singles. And when it does, it will be equally as blissful and beautiful, if not even more, because there's value in being forced to wait for something like love. It makes it 10 times sweeter when it finally comes. So y'all remember that singleness does not mean that you're alone. Take time to reflect this weekend on all the amazing people who are in your life that surround you with love, encouragement, support, and everything else that you need when you need it. And lastly, celebrate the beauty and the amazingness of Y-O-U. Show yourself some love this weekend. If you want a nice meal, girl, go have it. If you want flowers, go get them. Guys, if you want to watch something, go get that too. Y'all are included in this. Because <laughs> until the right one comes into our lives, we can wine and dine ourselves, damn it. We don't need no other party to do that. All right? All right. Light your candle, your sage, your whatever. Blink, blink, wink, wink, puff, puff, pass. Um, <laughs> And have you a good weekend. Don't let social media get you caught up into, you know, being in your feelings and sad celebrate you if nothing else because that's fully what I plan to do and I'm grateful that I have you know girlfriends and friends around me in the city who we're gonna go hang out we're gonna have a good time and like I said me and my vino gonna have a good time if nothing else all right all right last but not least while on the subject of love a quick shout out to the Wilsons okay because Auntie Sierra and Uncle Papa Russ do it for me honey in the past couple weeks, they have announced that they are uh, expecting baby number three. Cannot be more excited for them for that. But just seeing their posts over the past couple days, just gushing over each other, Russell cutting her out of her dress like, girl, I'd rip this if I wanted to, but I'm trying to be good. I can buy you another one. You know that, right? It's just beautiful. Hashtag black love. <laughs> and I promise I don't normally speak in hashtags, but. If this was Instagram, that's what one of the ones that would be at the end of the post because they just, they bless me. Like, what was the prayer? What was it? Everybody's prayer, not just Sierra's. Well, Russ, what did you say to the Lord? Because when I hit my knees going forward, I need to be like, God, please send me a man who is X, Y, and Z and a man who is praying for equally these things in a woman and help me to be those things and fulfill the prophecy oh god that you have forth for he and i you know not to get extra saved on y'all or nothing but uh what was the prayers her i need the hers and him's prayers so i can write them down in my book and recite them like the seven principles of kwanzaa on saturday morning at black achievers okay my fellow little villains that did that in high school know what i'm talking about um yeah i, I need that in my life what was the mama's prayers as well? Because yeah, cause look, I'm trying to check all the boxes. Because let me tell y'all something. If I ever find me a Papa Russ or he finds me or God just smacks us, 
you know, together, whenever, y'all ain't going to see me no more. Y'all ain't going to hear from me. Y'all going to be like, where's Christian? She up under her man. You right. Having a blissful, married, amazing time in, in the life. Okay. Out here doing what we do. Oh, goodness. But circling back to what I said before, it'll happen all in due time. <laughs> but yeah, the Wilsons are a beautiful couple, and I'm so happy to see their family continuing to grow. Russell is just such an amazing example of just positive manhood and just everything that many of us envision a spouse to be and would hope for our spouse to be. He's protective over his family and his wife. He's super loving of them outwardly. And, you know, they complement each other so well. They're equally yoked. He does not play about them. She had a son from her previous relationship and he treats that baby no different than he treats his his other children with her. Like, and I just love that. I love the unit that they've built together. I love the vibe that you see when they're together. And let me tell y'all, I saw Sierra one time in person. I had a connecting flight in Atlanta. And it was shortly after she and Future had broken up officially. And I think it was like right in between her meeting Russell and stuff. They might have even just started to have rumors about them being together. I saw her in the airport in the Delta Sky Club in Atlanta. Sis was on the phone and she looked stressed out. She looked like she was either getting with somebody on the phone or telling somebody about a heated conversation with someone else on the phone. Now, me being the speculatory fan that I am, I'm going to go ahead and choose that she was talking shit about Future and his foolery. But I cannot confirm that that was it. And I didn't bother her because I'm not, I, I understand that celebrities are people and that we are not entitled to their space and time and that far more fans need to be cognizant of the fact that we are not entitled to any celebrities space or time i'm looking at child ragging on summer walker now um so i left her alone because clearly she's a human being and clearly she's dealing with something she's not in the mood for no kind of mess and i'm not gonna approach her in that state so i just kind of like fangirl from afar but it's just to see her that day Versus her today with her husband and her children. It's like night and day. And I'm so, so happy for her that I cannot even explain fully with words. And that is the kind of love that so many of us hope and pray for one day. Like, just it's, it's really simple. Somebody that, you, that you're meant to be with. Someone who matches you. Someone who is compatible with you. You can tell that they don't have to force their love. And I'm sure they're they're still human beings. So I'm sure they have disagreements and stuff, just like all couples do. But love prevails with them. And we stand a king and queen, honey. Y'all, y'all better shoot. But y'all gonna have to watch it with these videos, especially this weekend. Cause look, I was talking all that shit about being a strong single. And y'all, y'all might make me just throw my phone in a drawer or something, because I just cannot with the Wilsons and, and they little beautiful black love story. But yeah, <laughs> I promised uh, one of my one of my fellow podcast friends that I would cover that. So I wanted to squeeze that on the end. Nevertheless, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, sorry for the wait and the gap between episodes. I'm still try to do once a week if possible, as much as possible. But even if there's a gap in the future, you know, I'm coming back because I love y'all and I appreciate your listening. All right. Stay cultured, y'all.
Hey there, Culture Fam. If you love what you heard today, make sure that you rate, comment, and subscribe to the show. Um, follow me on Instagram at the Cultured Queen, all one word, T-H-E-K-U-L-T-U-R-E-D-Q-U-E-E-N. That's the Cultured Queen. Head over to theculturequeen.com to check out previous blog posts and subscribe there. And for any other suggestions, comments, or inquiries, hit me up at theculturequeen at gmail.com. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Peace, blessings, and love to you all. Thanks.